That was White Stripes with Black Math here on 91.7 The Edge. Little light samba for your afternoon. But there's no lyrics here because it's time for Inside Warhawk Bowling. Give me a little hand, gentlemen. Yeah. How are we feeling Friday afternoon? A little bit of rain drizzle outside. What's the what's the vibe right now? Fantastic, Sam. Fantastic. What about you, Mr. Tanner Ossick? Sammy, every time I'm coming in here, it's raining outside, so it's got to mean something. It's got to mean we're going to whack him this weekend down in Addison. Now we have a new guest this afternoon. Introduce yourself, new guest. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you studying? Uh, death beam pointed at the earth. Fate of the universe is in your hands. Who are you picking to strike and what ball are they throwing? Let's start with an introduction first. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Robert Vader. I'm from Iola, Wisconsin. I'm studying business analytics, and I'm a sophomore this year at Whitewater. Are we going straight into the well, icebreaker? Give me that icebreaker. Do I yeah. have to go first? The fate of the universe is on your decision here. You need someone to just pack it in the tent. Last strike. Who's it, who's it going to? Who's doing it? What ball are they throwing? Am I allowed to pick myself? Yeah? No. Why can't you pick yourself? No, not this time. Let's, let's be a little fun here. Because we all know he would strike, so let's, uh, let's right. try and switch so it up here. So I gotta pick somebody else. Yeah. Unless you, like, pocket 810, which would be just abysmal. <laughs> I wasn't thinking this far ahead. I... I... <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll circle back around. Tanner, right, Tanner, well. you've been on the show a few times before. Who are you picking? See, normally I'd say Bob because he, uh, he can't pick himself, but i got to go with that man, Luke Winter, throwing a stealth. That's just automatic. Luke, what was the ball he just recently drilled? The blue and black one. Is that the knockout? or oh, is that the, uh, Troublemaker. The trouble, yeah. That ball looks crazy off yeah. his hand, i, I got to say. Nah, give yeah. that man the mindset. Ooh, Ooh. The mindset is pretty gross, too. Yeah. I think yeah. Luke's just striking with every ball, so and that, it doesn't yeah. He really is. Matter. Hey, you know, until he got glasses, his mentality was throw the ball to the right, and it's going to come back and strike. Oh, and now he has glasses, and his mentality is throw the ball to the yeah, right. Exactly. It's going to come back and strike. Unless, unless the man's in Tosa, then just give him that stealth. Mmm. Yeah. Luke Winter and Tosa is a dangerous combo. Hunter, who are you picking to strike? Uh, if I got to pick someone, I'm going to pick Bobby over there. You're going to pick Bob? I, I'd have to agree, but I'm going to go Garrett here. Garrett with the Verge. The Verge solid. Ooh. Just looks different coming out of Garrett's hand. Um, so I'd have to go with that. Bobby. You find someone? Yeah, after some consideration, I was thinking Carter Westcott. He, he looks pretty good with the Scorpion Sting. I got to admit, you're probably right with that one. That's a good pick right there. Shout out Carter Westcott. Hopefully he's listening out there today. This Friday afternoon, 1232 edge time here. It's a little wet and rainy outside, but let's get right into the show. This week, you know, we were coming off a break, guys. You know, Thanksgiving break. First off, let's talk about that. How was your guys' Thanksgiving break? We'll start with Hunter over there here in the fishbowl. Good. Eat a lot. Can't go wrong. Watch football. Can't complain. Hey, how about them Packers beating the Lions? Shout out Zachary Year. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> uh, Hunter, the in-house Vikings fan. Tanner, you had yourself a good Thanksgiving break, including a uh, little cameo visit to... Sammy's house in Kenosha. Yeah, absolutely. Had to come down and see you. A couple days away from Sammy, I, I couldn't take it. I had to come see you. So, no, definitely nice and relaxing for sure. Couldn't handle it. You know, you had to make the hour drive. Rob, how was your Thanksgiving break? It was good. A little bit of food. A little turkey trot action. Seeing yes, the sir. Seeing for a little bit. Did you go, you go like a, a 5K or a 10K? 5K. 5K? Yep. What was your time? A little under 18 minutes. Wasn't real fast, but not too bad. So he says it wasn't real fast, and he adds an extra mile on top of my two-mile I ran in 18 minutes. So, 
Well, know? when you're ca- comparing yourself to Charlie Vader, it's yeah, it's tough action. That, that is very tough. You know, uh, is, is he ranked in state right now? Is he? What's he looking like in state? He just, run, he just won uh, state cross country. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Good on him. Good on him. Hopefully, he's listening out there today too. Should get him on. I did send him the link. So excellent. Great work. So, speaking of now breaks, we're coming off a break, going into practice this week, and we're practicing for our host tournament, the Warhawk Open. It's going to be in Addison, Illinois, starting tomorrow. Well, tonight we start with a sweeper, and then tomorrow starts the real collegiate tournament. But I'm just think, just curious, you know, going into this week in practice, you know, what were you guys' thoughts, you know, about, about your own game, about the team's game, you know, just anything. It doesn't even have to be mechanically related. Just what were your thoughts coming into this week? We'll start with you, Rob. Um... Over break, I found a couple extra things to like work on, like myself. So, really, just stayed focused coming back this week, and then it was just nice to have the team back, back to practicing. I know some some people took a few days off, which you know might have been needed for them, but yeah, good all around. You know, I I I'll admit myself, I am one of those people that took a few days off. Um, I think it's it's good to have a break. You know, when you're when you're getting a designated break like this, a break from the action. Yeah, there were two tournaments available to throw in over the weekend: WIBT at Sheridan, then JBST up in Green Bay. But I think you know it's not only just a good physical reset to kind of you know just relax, enjoy yourself, enjoy your time with your family and friends, especially over a national holiday. But it's also a good mental break. It's a good way to just completely detox from all the like. Yes, you don't want to you know, truly lose focus. But I think even with just a quick couple-day break, you're not really losing focus. You're really just – it's a reset. It's all—it's hitting a reset button and really just refreshing your mind before going into, you know, another tournament week, another hard week of practice. Uh, Tanner, let's go to you here. What are your what were your thoughts going into this week? Yeah, I mean, kind of building on what you were saying, for the past, you know, 12 weeks, we've traveled almost every single one of them. I mean, a week off has been very few and far between, so – not only having a weekend off, but also having a couple of days off from, you know, team practices and everything like that, really just being able to settle down and kind of fully reset and, and go into this last tournament of the semester where we know, you know, we're going to have a couple of weeks off after this for holidays and all that fun stuff. So it's kind of, it, it was nice to have a break, but it's, it's good coming back knowing, look, we got one week, let's give it all we have. And then after that, we can, we can kind of relax for a little and, bit. And I like that mentality. And like I was saying, you know, the reset button really helps with that. So that you can really put all your eggs in one basket right now. And just push for it and try and, you know, come away with the win this weekend. Hunter, you're going into practice this weekend. You're coming back from the old Minnesota up there, eh? What, are, what were your thoughts coming into practice this week? Like Tanner said, we had we traveled seven out of the eight last weekend, so we had one off weekend in the last two months. I think it was crucial. I was one of those people that took a couple of days off here and there over break, but I think it was just crucial. I feel like personally after taking almost a week off of bowling, Putting my shoes on on Tuesday, I feel like I've thrown the ball the best I have in a while. See, now, my question to you guys is, and I have an answer to this as well, but we're going to focus mainly on you two because, Rob, you said you did throw a couple times over break, correct? You threw in the WIBT for sure. Yeah, that is correct. And then JBST as well? or were Yeah, you... I bowled both tournaments and then made sure I was getting some mm-hmm. time in for some practice as yeah. well. Which, I mean, can't blame you for that too. You know, if if, if a break's not for you, a break's not for you. If you got to mm-hmm. keep pushing at it, then, you know, by all means – fully respect that decision you know uh but mainly focusing on you guys and i'll put in my two cents here as well you know just how tough is it for those listening out there who might be thinking you know maybe i need a mental reset just how tough is it to get back into you know no pun intended get back into the swing of things yeah i mean i think it depends on you know how long 
how long off you're taking. I mean, if you're if you're taking a month off, obviously it's going to be a lot harder to to get back to what how you're expecting yourself to be. But I mean, if you're looking at a couple of days, I mean, it's a little bit different for Bob because he's he's practicing every 12 hours. But uh, for myself, if I'm taking a couple of days off, sometimes I'll I'll feel better coming back as you know I'm not I've almost forgotten any like bad habits that I might have picked up the couple of practices before or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so a couple of days off has has always kind of shown throughout my collegiate career to be pretty good for myself. And I like that you pointed out, you know, some of the bad habits, you know, you're trying to really forget about doing those bad habits. You want to really focus on making good shots, you know, good physicality, things like that. And I know at practice we're not supposed to have phones out, but occasionally I will sneak over to my notes app. And what I've been doing now to try and remember things, and I pulled out on Tuesday before we started throwing, is that I'm writing things down just based off, like, when we do individual work or when we do Dr. Dean drills or anytime someone gives me a pointer about, like, hey, this is what I think you should work on, here's why. You know, I'm writing that down on my phone right now. And I think that's what helps me come out of a funk or come out of, like, you know, a mental reset a couple days off, like a holiday break, is looking at those because what that does for me is it puts me back in that frame of reference where, like, okay, it's time to bowl now. Like, we're not sitting around anymore. We're not, you know, it's, we enjoyed ourselves. We enjoyed our break. Now it's time to get back to work. Here's what you were just working on. So it's putting me back in the shoes I was in, like, four or five days ago where now I can really try and amp that up in practice. And then when it comes to just throwing the ball down the lane, I don't know about you, Hunter. We'll transition to you over here. Um, I don't know about you, but just it took me about, like, 10, 15 minutes to finally, like, figure things back out again after this holiday break. I was, I was just on the talk about that. Some days when I take a couple days off, I feel like I'm throwing the ball better than I ever have. And then there's other practices. I feel like it takes 30 minutes just to get loose. So it's one of those things. It's a catch-22. Some days it's, it's good to take a couple days off, and sometimes it's the worst thing ever to take a couple days off. And you this week, going into Tuesday, were you throwing the best ball, like, throwing the best shots of your life, or were you trying to figure things out for a little bit because I was I was trying to figure things out I was missing like I kid you not like seven eight boards left <laughs> well I went I went to a smaller insert on my thumb because my thumb just didn't feel the same in my normal insert so when I did that I you know I gripped the ball a little bit here and there and if I gripped it all that ball was coming so far left off my hand that it might have picked might may or not have picked off a four seven a couple times and uh <laughs> in burn shots on Tuesday. Hunter, what was it like for you? Um, well, I also went back home and drilled five balls up over the last week. So I came in on Tuesday throwing, a, like, three of them I never threw before I even got back to school. So I was throwing some new balls down the lane. And honestly, Sam, I feel like I had seven boards to hit out there this week in practice. I was going to say, I saw you throwing the, the new blue hammer that just came out a few weeks ago. What else did you drill? And what's been, uh, what's been your favorite so far of the few you've drilled? Uh, I've drilled... The Mindset, Knockout Bruiser, the NU, I drilled the Big Time, and I drilled another Evo Solid. Definitely the Mindset, the Bruiser, and the NU are my favorite out of the five so far. I, I do, i got to say I do like the NU. I know it's not the most popular take right now, especially in college bowling. You know, Some of the pro guys are still trying to figure things out with how it reads on certain conditions and when you should really be using a new, a new blue hammer. But... Just from watching you throw it the last couple of days, I, I do like that ball. I think it's very early, um, and that could be advantageous for a tournament like this where you want to utilize the early friction with the oil pattern that we're putting out this weekend, which we'll get into as the show progresses here. But especially with the tournament where there's forward oil on the outside, it's going to burn up a little quicker 
than if there's reverse or like combined. So having a ball that's that early and you can utilize that friction sooner, I think that's a little bit better of a look. Now, Rob, I have a question specifically for you. Um, it kind of ties into you throwing a couple tournaments this weekend, whereas some guys were taking times off. You know, I, I'd have to say you're one of the hardest working guys on the team, which all kudos to you because that's something that we should all really take after is how hard you work at your craft. So my question to you specifically is what, and it's simple, you know, you can take this any route you want, and we'll go around the room too and talk about ourselves, but what motivates you to work this hard? Like, what is the driving force? What is, what, is it the end goal, or is it something that happened early on in your life or things going on right now? Like, what's motivating you to work this hard, and what would you suggest to some, even some guys on the team or just anyone out there listening, you know, what would you suggest to them to get that sense of motivation to work that hard yeah um i wouldn't say there's necessarily like one thing that's motivating me like i do have like some very high goals mm. up there yeah motivators yeah then. yeah and it, but for me like ever since my junior year of high school it really like all the hard work doesn't necessarily like come from motivation it's just i wake up like every day and it's just like something i like do without like thinking about and that's just like going to practice or making sure my body's feeling good by going on runs and stuff, getting in the gym. Um, but yeah, for me, it's more of like a discipline thing, but that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And so I think you got to like look at your goals and evaluate what you need to do to reach them. And if you're not putting in the work to get there, you're not going to get there. So I'm glad you brought up going on runs and making sure your body's right before you really start to get into practice, you know. And that was something that we talked about a few weeks ago on the show. I think – I forgot who was on that show. But um, I want to say Landon Warren was on that for sure. I forgot the rest. Uh, Leo was on that show too. Leo was on that show too. Um, forgot the third. But anyways, you know, that was a question that I asked back on that show was how important is your physical well-being and, you know – getting in the weight room, going on runs, eating right. How important do you think that is to being a good bowler? I think it's, it's different for everyone. Um, for me, I wouldn't necessarily see say, like, it makes me throw the ball better, you know, with more accuracy or just, like, physically well. But it is nice to just, like, feel good about my body because when I'm practicing, you know, twice a day, almost every day, it's good to just have that endurance or that strength in your body so mm -hmm. that you can, like, keep up with, you know, what what you're doing with the ball. And just for me, too, I just, like, I like to, you know, run and stuff just, just so I, like, feel good about myself mentally because if I'm, if I'm not doing something to exercise, I just feel like... You feel, like, sluggish yeah. or lethargic, yeah. I get where you're coming from with that, and... I'd have to agree that it does kind of differ per person. You know, there's there's a lot of people in the bowling world that just aren't in the best shape, and then that's that's just objectively speaking. That's not me picking on anybody. You know, like it just an objective statement that there are some people in the bowling universe that are just not in the best of shape. But there's some of the greatest bowlers out there. Likewise, there's some guys that are like absolutely yoked. You know, getting in the gym every single day, and they don't they don't bowl that good. You know. So I think you're right in that it does differ per person. Um, Tanner, let's go to you on this one here. We're talking more philosophy here. We're going to transition the topic a little bit. Um, we're just talking about Rob with motivation and, you know, staying in shape and really 
you know, finding out what motivates you. Um, so my question to you, and we'll go around the room here, what separates the good from the great from the best in your eyes? What do you think separates those three tiers? Because there's, there's, there's a whole lot of good bowlers in college bowling and in the PBA. There's a lot of great bowlers, you know, might win a title here and there and make an ATT or make a cut at a junior amateur tour, things like that. And then there's the best. Exhibit A is sitting in here, sure. I'd argue. So what do you, what do you think separates sure. the good I mean, from the great and the best? Separ- I would say the biggest thing separating the good from the great is just work ethic and how much you're putting in and how much dedication you have to trying to get better. Um, and then I think once you do that enough, that is what separates the, the great from the best, and that switch is all based on mentality and walking in saying, I'm, I'm the best bowler walking in this tournament. And, you know, Bob and I have even had a bunch of conversations where we, we talk about where he's one step away all the time, where you, people will look at Bob and go, he's the best, but he's, he's still looking at another level. And, and you know, it's, it's always a – I don't think mentally you can ever believe that you are the best because there's always going to be something that you know that is a, is a flaw or something like that. So it's, it's more or less a, a journey to become the best without ever actually reaching it. Yeah, and there's there's always something to work on. I'd agree with that. That, you know, one of the there's a quote of a professor of mine always gives. He's uh he's taught me for two classes now, uh, for video production two and now for this semester T V news editing and news production. And one of his world famous quotes is that it's not, you know, you want to get the reps in. You want to really make sure you're familiar, like in this context, with the software that we use to edit videos and piece things together, make a news package, because after all, practice makes excellence. Practice doesn't make perfect. So there's always something to work on. I agree with you there. What I like to think in my head is that when I'm going into the tournament, the guy across from me on the other lane, on my pair, he took something from me, and now i got to go get it back. i got to prove my worth, right? And I think... That for, like, personally, I think that's a great bowler mentality. Is that a best bowler mentality? I think that's up in the air. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the best bowler mentality would to not even care about who else is even in the building. Because you walk in and you know that no one can compete with you. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great mentality to have. That's something that, you know, that, that almost turns the table into, like, these guys are trying to take something from me, not they already did take it, and you got to go get it back. It's these guys want something, and i got to keep it. You know, It's like a big king of the hill type thing. Sure. So, Hunter, let's go to you. You come from a little bit different region than Rob and I and a little bit more different region than Tanner does uh, coming from Minnesota. What have you noticed in your life that you really feel separates the good from the great from the best? And it doesn't even have to be bowling-related, too. Like this, this conversation doesn't entirely – like you can keep it related to bowling, but this is just a big general question here. Um, regarding you know different aspects of life, like what separates the good, the great, and the best? I think one thing it comes from the mental game. I think it's confidence. If you walk in the bowling alley thinking you're average, you're gonna be average. I think the great walk in thinking I'm one of the best in this building, and the best walk in saying I am the best one in this building, and someone has to step up and beat me. So I think confidence plays a crucial role in who's the good, the great, and the best. Now I have a question for you based off that too. Um, where do you draw the line between being confident and being obnoxious and being over the top, you know, where do you draw that line? Or even, is there even a line? Is like, where does it, does it ever get to a point where your confidence almost becomes disrespectful to your competition? 
Or do you think there's no line at all? It's just go in, you think what you think. I think that's a tough question, but I think there is a level for each person, and it's different for each person. I don't think there's a straight answer on that one. And, you know, that's exactly why I felt like I had to ask that question, is because a lot of this, you know, philosophy talk here, a lot of it's subjective. You know, there's no one objective truth when it comes to what you think separates these three different categories here. I think... What separates the good from the great is simply just getting reps. You know, you can be, I believe in natural talent. I believe some people are just naturally better at things than other people. Now, what separates that from, that's good, right? What separates that, like, I can be, I was, I'd say I was a good baseball player in high school. Like, I was, certainly wasn't bad. You know, I wasn't a pushover. I had decent hitter. Warning track power, unfortunately. Never hit a home run. Not until I was uh, 20 playing men's league a couple summers ago. Hit a first homer. It was great. Womp but, womp. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, you know, I thought I was a good pitcher. You know, I thought I was th- I thought I was good at football when I played football for a couple of years. Never thought I was great. And that's simply because I wasn't putting in the work to get the reps. When I was putting in the work for reps for it was bowling. That was a couple nights of practice in high school. And then outside of that, I'd throw in two leagues. And then sometimes I'd go to my home center, Gatormson Recreation Center in Kenosha, go put in some extra shots, or I'd go to Surfside in Kenosha. If the right people were working, I'd get in for free. And I'd go put up some extra shots. And that's what made me think I was great at bowling. Now, my problem has always been the mental game. And I think this is just a resounding answer here that we all can agree on, you know, that the mental game is really what separates the great from the best. You know, bowling is a very temperamental game. You don't want to raise your temper. You don't want to get frustrated, and I've struggled with that my entire life, right? I'm Captain Fry out. I don't take losing very well, not because I don't have respect for the guy I played against, but because I know there's stuff that I messed up on. That's what I get upset about is when I mess up, and that's something that I think to become the best – you can't focus on that until you leave the bowling center, you get in your car or get on the bus to go back to your school, and you leave the parking lot. You can't even see the place anymore. That's something that I've been trying to work on as long as I've been in college. I mean, it, it works sometimes. Other times it's, you know, a bad day is a bad day. But I think that mentality, you know, we're resounding. It's a resounding yes. The mentality separates the great from the best. Rob, your thoughts on that? Uh, I just have to like follow along with what the other boys said. I'm currently reading a book by Tim Grover uh, named Relentless, and it really speaks on like the same thing. And it talks about pretty much three different categories that athletes can be in, which is being a cooler, a closer, and a cleaner. And so it really just speaks to mentality and how you you know go about things like that. And so. Everybody can put in the reps or have their talent and the resources and stuff. And it really does take, like, a lot of hard work to go from, like, good to great. And I wouldn't say it's 100% mental what really makes the difference between mm-hmm. greatness and the best, but it is it is a huge, you know, factor. What other factors would you say, then, are part of being, you know, being the best? Like, going from great to the best. Well, like, as I was saying, it's, it's kind of just like it's, it's training. Like, you ha- you can believe that you're the best, but there's, there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, carry almost the same same mindset as you. And so 
that's not really giving you a step up necessarily over over some people. Mm, it's all it's all part of the training. Yeah. It's all part of the methods too. I think I think part of training, you know, like you can you can try and just simulate, you know, like a tournament. What I like to do whenever I happen to go in for individual practice on my own is I like to simulate tournament pacing, especially uh, Saturday tournament pacing, because Sunday it's a lot faster. Sunday you get through the games a lot quicker, considering Sunday is Baker format, so five guys are bowling one single game, doing four sets of that typically, and you know that that pace goes a lot faster. That day just goes by a lot faster. It always ends shorter than Saturday, and then Saturday is a drag. Saturday is a marathon. Sunday is the sprint. And what I like to do, especially to not tire out my arm too, is I like to practice tournament pacing, where I'll throw a shot, I'll fill a frame, and I'll come back and just sit down. I'll just wait. And I think that is important into, you know, putting together, like, how am I going to get from good to great? And even from how to get from great to best, you're talking about different methods of training and how hard you train. I think it's not just how hard, like, the effort you put in, like, physically, but it's the effort you put in mentally when it comes to what exactly am I working on. And that's something I've been working on. What are some things that you guys have been working on in practice? Let's go back to practice here a little bit before we get into our last topic. We'll swing back around the room this way, Rob. What is something that you were working on this week? This week I was working a lot on things, like, mechanically-wise. So that's been what I've been working on for the past few weeks is just, like, you know, keeping my focus on how short my first step is and making sure my second step is longer. And then I was also focusing on where my left elbow was and my arm throughout my swing and kind of like the direction that I that I push the ball out and also, you know, how deliberately I push it out. Mm-hmm. So, And what – I'm just curious here too because I'm not a two-hander. Tanner and Hunter aren't two-handers here. They might know a little bit more about it than me, but – what exactly, what's the importance of the left elbow? Like for any two-handers that might be listening today, what is the importance of your left elbow on a fo- like on the entire approach all the way through yeah. the follow-through? Um, for me, like my issue before was I'd get my elbow like out in front of me, and so it forced my ball like into my swing in the wrong way, and so my ball was really far away from my body in my you know second, third, and fourth step. And so just keeping it more, like, straight and, like, relaxed has let me, like, keep my ball, like, under more control and closer to my body. Excellent stuff. Tanner, what were you working on this week? Yeah, this basically the entire semester has been a steady fight to fix my swing plane. Uh, my swing was getting, like, way too far behind my head, uh, which was causing me to wrap way around the ball and change a whole bunch of borrow issues and uh, ended up changing my pap and a whole bunch of layout. I, I had layout issues on all my balls because of it, so... Um, continuing to fight to keep my uh, swing plane closer to behind my head and keep everything a little bit straighter. Um, what that's ending up doing is changing my ball roll a little bit um, back to what it was before, which is forced me to kind of use some different shapes, which I, I noticed this week. And then uh, we, we got to pull on the pattern a um, couple days of practice this week after we sent it out. Uh, and also just kind of paying attention to some ball motion stuff, try to see some things that we might see this weekend and figure out what could be a good game plan going in. And I imagine keeping a little straighter backswing, Tanner, you know, not as far behind your head and it's not swinging outside either. I can imagine that helps with, you know, making sure you're really hitting your marks and, you know, getting an accurate read on what exactly the ball is doing as it goes down lane. Correct me if I'm wrong. 100%, yep. Excellent stuff. Hunter, what are you working on? Uh, uh, for the last couple of weeks, I've been working on some footworking stuff, 
Shout out to Garrett Meadows. Two weeks ago, we worked on my first and second step at practice for about a whole hour. My first step was getting a little long, and second one was a little short, so we shortened the first step and lengthened the second one. I'm a type of person who can only work on one or two things at a time, so my footwork has been what I've been working on so far. Good stuff. So with your footwork, um, with your footwork changing up, are you noticing any changes in your pace, like your approach up to the the foul line? Like, are you noticing like any? You're, are you quicker? Are you slower? Like, what are you well, noticing with that? When I get quicker, I'm in trouble. I am one person who's got to stay slower, so I've been focusing on that with my footwork, but I haven't really noticed a difference. Okay, I was just curious to see that, you know, because for some people, some younger audiences who might be listening out there, you know, when we're talking about making these changes in practice and working on these things, you know, we just want to make sure that you know, we're explaining the why you know and i think that's one of the most important aspects of practice is not just telling people hey this is what you should do to fix your shot or to make sure you're really getting over your target this is why you need to do it and i think that's important that we brought up all that stuff for me i've been working on not only just getting a little bit better ball roll off my hand but also waiting just a tad longer to strap onto the ball to really get that release point. So, like, just delaying my release point a little bit. And what that kind of counteracted with was my swing path. On my follow-through especially, if I was waiting just that extra second, I'd have to be perfect timing in order to still get my per- like the proper release to be able to hit my spots on the lane. And with a later release point, I've been tugging the ball a little bit more. So what I was working on was not only just really finalizing that release point, and to be able to get a proper ball roll onto whatever I'm throwing, but also following through right off to the side of my ear. Normally I'm a little like I'm a little close to my forehead typically and my nose, but what I was doing was really just focusing on getting my hand to the right side of my ear and really like creating like a Statue of Liberty follow through where you know you got the hand right up here, hand with the torch, things like that, you know. So that's what I was working on. And, you know, that was, like I said, the release point was messing with my timing a little bit, messing with my accuracy, but working on my follow-through, especially on yesterday, on Thursday, that was the biggest thing for me was working on my follow-through. Let's get into our last topic here. We're at 1 o'clock. This is 91.7 Edge, WSUW Whitewater Edge time, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Friday, December 1st. Let's get into the last topic here. We're talking about the Warhawk Open. Starts tonight with the sweeper. Are you guys all signed up to do it? Because I am not, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. So, do you guys all sign up to do the sweeper tonight? Yes, yes sir. Yep. Absolutely. The sweeper, what is the importance of the sweeper? Let's go around the room. Just what, is, what is the importance of being able to you know, have this opportunity to bowl an extra night at the center we're bowling at you know, the night before the tournament starts? I would say it, it's just nice to you know, get some time in on the lanes that we're going to be bowling on over the weekend kind of get the mindset into that competition mode and especially in a high friction house like that too like i know it's going to be a slightly different pattern tonight versus this weekend but in a higher friction house like addison especially on the 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 right side for us righties in the room um being able to get those reps is really important tanner what are your thoughts yeah every time we go to addison there always seems to be some approach issues on saturday um so just being able to go there and kind of get a full full sweeper basically to kind of figure out what we're doing if you have to switch souls switch souls you know it's nice to like kind of what bob said be able to bowl in the center and just kind of get comfortable being there hunter i would agree with what both the guys said but i would also say the competition part is a key factor here we all had a week off a lot of us but 
obviously Rob bowled some stuff, but a lot of us didn't bowl any tournaments last weekend. So it's kind of nice to get some competition in before we actually bowl starting tomorrow. I like that too, and I think it, that competition aspect helps you get back into the right mindset going into this, like we were talking about earlier after coming off a break, you know, what's going to get you back in that that frame of reference, like it's time to bowl now, like it's time to compete again. Uh, I think that's really the main importance of the sweeper here. And, it's, I mean, just in a, on a general scale, like it's a good opportunity for like members of the community to come in and see some of the best talent in the country and get to throw alongside them and compete against them too, you know. Maybe a little bit of scholarship money for some of us guys, for those guys, maybe a little cash prize for them in the end. Uh, let's talk about Saturday and Sunday, though. Like This is one of the bigger Tier 2s in the nation, the Warhawk Open. Uh, what are we... What are we facing up against this weekend? Let's go to Hunter first. We'll swing back around. What are we looking at? Oil pattern. What are you bringing? Who's going to be there? Things like that. Uh, Oil pattern is the sectionals women's pattern from Addison last year, so it was meant to be put down in the center. It's also what the same shape as what the guys bowled on last year, just less volume. I believe there's seven or eight less mills per unit. I think Brandon Mooney said seven yep. on Tuesday. That sounds so, right. A little bit heavier. And us guys, we bowled good in sectionals last year, so I think that's a huge advantage for us. I think it plays to our benefit. It's going to be a higher scoring pace, just like it was last year, but I think our, us guys can handle it. Should have said a little heavier for the guys last year, a little lighter for the girls is what I meant to say. You know, Lighter volume this time around. Tanner, what are you bringing this week to kind of counteract that? Because there's going to be a lot of friction, especially right away on the right side for us. Yeah, so what we're seeing is practice is uh, a lot of the just like slower balls in general. Um, there's a reverse block in the pattern, so getting your balls to kind of slow down before it hits that speed bump is kind of the crucial part. Um, so I'm bringing some, some slower stuff. I'm going to try to throw a Paragon or a uh, Purple Hammer to start, and then i got some cleaner options after that. i got like a Troublemaker. Uh, Eternity, which is still slower for being a clean ball. Well, relatively slow. It's still a storm ball. But uh, GB4 Pearl in Phase 5, just in case they get uh, super toasty. We are going to Addison after all. But uh, I think I think the key, especially on the fresh, is going to be the slower stuff. And Rob, what are your thoughts going into this weekend? Just initially, you know, especially with the competition, there's going to be good competition there. What's gonna, What are we going to have to think mentally or do in practice and warm-ups and then during the games as well? What are we going to have to do as a team to separate ourselves from the competition? Kind of just more of the same of you know what we did well a couple weekends ago in Fairview Heights. Um, just good communication, keeping our you know our attitudes um, on pace, and you know making good decisions with you know ball choices as Tanner was talking about and stuff. I have just a quick question for you guys because you guys were all in Fairview Heights in the St. Louis area a couple weeks ago. Um, how did the spare shooting improve? Over the leather neck. Well, it couldn't go south, Sam. Yeah, that's and that's what I figured. Yeah. I would actually say it was probably our best spare shooting event of the year. They were like really, really hard. That was by far the hardest thing we bowled on all year. And I mean, we, I mean, obviously you're not going to go a whole tournament without missing stuff, but uh, especially on Saturday, our spare shooting was very, very good. I think that's going to be the most important thing here going into this weekend, is especially for the JB guys as a whole too, is spare shooting, spare shooting, spare shooting, spare shooting, spare shooting. Is going to be. We're going to need to strike about twelve times a game, also. Yeah, can we uh, can we pick up some strikes along the way? You know, things like that. But gentlemen, can't thank you enough for joining the show today. This is our longest one yet at 35 minutes. Give yourselves a round of applause. We put to, we put together one heck of a show this afternoon. Any final thoughts from you guys? Let's go to Tanner first. We haven't gone to Tanner first yet today. Go Hawks, baby.
Go Hawks. Hunter. Go Hawks. Thanks for having us on, Sam. How about you, Bob? Go War Hawks. Thank Go you. War Hawks. Follow One X a Day on Instagram. Follow. Yeah, Rob runs One X a Day. By for those Bobby of you who don't Vader. Buzzkill, it's Rob Vader running One X a Day. If you haven't already told by the thousands of Robert Vader videos on One X a Day. <laughs> Rob, I still haven't gotten on there. I've got some camera work on there. I still haven't gotten on one X a day yet. When are we going to change that? We'll work on that, Sam. How about Sweeper tonight? What are your thoughts? We'll see. Might have to get some videos of the team. Get, get some of the boys throwing some shots. Put something together for all yeah. the clicks on Instagram, things like that. Well, gentlemen, from Robert Vader, Tanner Osik, Hunter Pomier, this has been Sam Strash with Inside Warhawk Bowling. Once again, Fridays at 1230. Just a quick heads up. Next week will be one of possibly two Inside Warhawk Bowlings left in the semester before the spring when we have to possibly find a new time. But for now, it'll still be every Friday from 1230 to about 1 p.m. here on 91.7 The Edge. Let's get you back into the music here. <laughs>